Hello and welcome to the Trigonometry Show, proudly brought to you by Precision Shooter, New Zealand's home for precision rifle shooting. You'll like this because I know you love Star Wars. Oh wait, you like Star Trek because you're a bit I of like a... both. This is a problem. I swing both ways. I'm confused. That is confusing that when is, it comes with sci-fi, you know? That is weird. Yeah. That, is a, that is a terrible hat and I love it. I oh, know, it goes with a shirt. This is what I'm trying to figure out. You've like you've managed to out hipster me. Here's one very Yeah. I'm about as cool as it gets. Maybe you you fring, you fringe nice and down low as well. So got the beard, orange shirt. Yeah. Like an Australian match director. <laughs> Watch out, Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rusty's threatening to come back on. You never know. Tonight might be the night if we talk to him. Yeah, I better. Uh, have you got a link up for this to share out already? I better share it oh, out. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Share it to all my friends. Uh, it should be, uh, should be up in life. Have a look. How do I, how do I get the. We've got to remind everyone to actually listen through Precision Shooter because even you, Blair, you were commenting on the bloke page and I didn't actually get to see your comments. So. Uh, okay. I'll do the Precision Shooter one then. Uh, precision, yes. Yep. Right. Clicking, clicking and tapping buttons now. Hold on. Yeah. You can hear who's got mechanical keyboards. I haven't. I do. I do like a mechanical keyboard. What's the? What's not a mechanical keyboard? Touchscreen. Touchscreen. No, that's terrible. What? No. Hang on. I'll, I'll have to unplug it. This is a mechanical keyboard. Like actual clicky buttons. Yeah, that's my keyboard. Yeah. Not not clicky buttons. Huh. I, gotta, I nearly I nearly got my full nerd on and actually built one, but I decided not to. Because I thought I don't need to get that nerdy. I did rebuild my computer today, so the the exciting news is for me is that yes, there's a new. We're back on the main computer, and it's got a new motherboard and a new PC, and hopefully won't crash and sound like a vacuum cleaner and process videos at some speed. So we'll be able to play catch up on all the podcasts soon. Could be good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I was, it, it's a little mind-numbing editing on this old laptop because you would it just yeah it was painful. So that's a good. So I got what two shows to catch up on, some videos, some reviews. Oh, so much to do. I'm surprised. Uh, in all honesty, Graham, you you got it on tonight. Got it on tonight. Got here tonight. I figured you were going to be flat out for final. Uh, He's getting it on. Getting it, well, yeah, he's getting it on. He's getting ready for a big weekend. That's for that's sure. I've got so, this special hat on. That's my getting tell. it on hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah we're just kind of. Uh, it's mostly all squared away. So yeah. I've, I'm, I've got a bit to do tomorrow, but um, nothing major. Couple so hours. tomorrow, tomorrow you've got the which I believe Ian's busy driving up to at the moment. You've got your long range part of the comp. Long round shootout. Yes, yeah, separate. It's a separate competition essentially. Um, yeah, thousand meters and uh, sixteen hundred meters. Um, yeah, so that, that's just in the evening, so that, that shouldn't take too long. Two three hours. And that's then the main competition. It, it, it's sort of becoming a bit of a, a thing where the, the there's a night before where guys get to stretch their legs, probably with another gun or something like that before the the actual comp comp. It's quite good, you know. Gets you a bit of bit of both. It's sort of becoming a bit of a, a thing. Someone's... Oh, that could be me. 
Richard Burns. Stop for a second. Yeah, well, no, it's not me. Who's got? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. Well, we see it in the South Island, and we don't have anything like that here in the north. The um, yeah, the longer, long-range sort of style stuff. Um, so we thought we'd trial it. Uh, we talked about it for quite a while, and um, come up with the plan we've got. And yeah, so yeah, uh, first running of it is tomorrow evening. Um, I don't see any major issues, apart from people not hitting the target. Really, it should be pretty straightforward. Um, so have you got multiple? Have you got multiple targets? No, no. So you've got at a thousand. You've got a three hundred millimeter square. Yeah. And then add um, so it's just a little bit bigger than minute of angle, because everyone shoots that good, uh, as we know. And then at a mile, it's a twenty-four inch, so a six hundred. You've, you've, you've got to say, I shoot under MOA when I do my part. When I do my part, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I shoot minute of angle, maybe. Sometimes all the time. The gun's yeah. more than capable of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but yeah, that's, the, that's the idea, just the single target. Um, yep. Uh, so what it is, at the 1,000 for both Magnum and non-Magnum, you get five shots. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to give you corrections on the first three. So you're not going to have a spotter, essentially. You're going to have to spot yep. your own impact. Uh, there is plenty of dirt. Um, this should be a set of splash. But, uh, and then uh, on the uh, following two shots, you will get a call. So after your third shot, we'll give you a call, essentially. And then uh, the same at the mile, uh, but you get seven shots at the mile. And then if you're not and hitting inside of that, you sort of... Yeah. Oh. What do you do for a shoot-off situation? We'll just, target. Yeah, we'll just do something. Flip a coin, make you run a lap of the farm. Knife fight. <laughs> yeah, knife fight. Yeah. <laughs> we'll measure cartridges, see whose cartridge is bigger. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually finally decided. It'll be some form of shootout if need be. Um, Ian asks because he, he's made in the last two shootouts. Yeah. yeah. So the point system's cascading. So. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we've got a bit of a so the likelihood of it happening is low, but it oh, could. It's not not just one point one hit like the other ones have been. Okay. No, it's it's uh, I've got it written down. It's it's yeah, five, it's five oh, five points like a thousand. I could have this wrong. I got it all written down. Five points for yeah. the first hit. Second points. Uh, second hit four points. Third is three points, and then following hits are one point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you can get those impacts up front you, you're really going to pull ahead which yeah. i like the idea of rewarding uh round hits yeah yeah but like this is the thing though you could get a first round hit get five points and then miss the rest but uh shooter number two could get miss the first get the rest and still beat you which you should yep. kind of yeah cool yeah i gotta take this hat off i look like an idiot that's not much better oh my god <laughs> oh, it's, oh it's so bad <laughs> How do I? Right. Should we get like a guest professor on or something? We can have... Yeah, that's perfect. That is that's perfect. That. <laughs> it's not getting better. Very, very hipster. You got to go on. I look for one of my daughter's hair ties somewhere. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, that's the idea. Is uh, well, we're trialing it, and we I talked to, to Nick about it previously a little bit and how they did it. Sparrowhawk. Um, it's a similar issue. And, but yeah, so that's the idea. So yeah, 
we'll see how it goes. And if we need to make any adjustments uh, for further sort of styles of, of, of that kind of shooting, we will. But um, I don't see there being too many issues with it. It's a good plan. The point system we've got will work well, so you shouldn't end up, very unlikely to end up with too many people on the same point. Yeah. 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 Shoot, yeah, shootouts that's the idea. shootouts Sorry, are exciting and fun. I couldn't hear you. Shootouts are what, Blair? They're exciting and fun. I'd just be happy to hit the target once. Yeah. So we've got a special like guest appearance from Jeff, uh, live from the reloading room, I believe. Oh, well, we got, we got, how do I get make more screens appear? I'm pushing my uh, I, I should appear if I'm talking. I'm going to make no, it on my screen. Okay. Oh, oh, we got, oh these unicorns. Nick's down there too. I didn't know he was there. Hello, Jeff. Oh, he's just turned How up. How are you going, boys? I'm, um, this is getting so a full house. Thanks, getting thanks to Graham's uh, long range shoot off. I'm reloading for four rifles, mounting three <laughs> scopes. This is my best competition ever. This is yeah. very Auckland of you, Jeff. Yeah, man. Uh, hang on. Let, let's, just, let's just clarify the, the night. Before you head away, you're yep. mounting scopes and reloading for the ammunition. No, to, to be fair, I mounted yeah. the scopes um, yesterday. What's today? Yes, yesterday. Yep. Um, and Cassie's rifle, we sorted out the day before. Uh, load yep. testing, a little lockdown, push that out. But yeah, she's got a yep, good, good load, an ES of like four or five or something stupid. You've got to, those are, those are rookie numbers, bro. You've got to <laughs> pump those numbers up, you reckon? Pump those numbers down. <laughs> so yeah, Jack, man, how are you? Good. You look, you're looking very serious. Very serious things going on there, huh? You do. Um, I'm picking Twin Needle, have sent you some products recently. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Places trying to look for places to put stall or signs where they can dry out. <laughs> right. So uh, now, who's been? I know three of you at least have been at a shooting comp on the weekend. So we'll cover that off first. Um, where do we want to start? I don't know. Ian, how, Ian, how'd you go? Did you win the whole lot? Did you drop a point somewhere? What the hell happened? Yeah, uh, I won the 500 metre shoot and got second to the PRS for the two day event. It's all right, mate. I mean, your standards are slipping, but you're doing pretty good. He's <laughs> <laughs> on a well downward spiral. Downward spiral, yeah. <laughs> You've been giving away too many of your secrets regarding, like, you know, headspace and good shooting and stuff like that. People are realizing that they can win, they just have to um, not. <laughs> make silly mistakes anymore so yes they're right <laughs> oh so we're so, not meant to make silly mistakes ah oh, damn it hmm so what was what was the what was the shoot like on the on the weekend Blair did you get down to it yep I shot yep so and I know no, Nick was there because Sam and Nick were ripping the two two threes which was also impressive on its own so Blair, can you give us a kind of an overrun of what it was? Because it was sort of the inaugural shoot for Sam and crew, wasn't it? Yep, Sam. Yeah, so it was Sam's first match that he's organised. He's, he's been to plenty, and it was a true PRS match. Um, there was a bit of um, prone field shooting 
but still PRS type stages thrown in. Um, lots of barricades, lots of rocks, um, bit of move. Every every there was lots of moving going on. Um, multiple targets, multiple distances, a couple of tripod stages, um, bit of bit of everything. Yeah, true true PRS match, and um, he's honestly I think he's really stepped the game up for everyone down here. Yeah, uh, the uh, the gauntlet has been thrown. Yeah, yeah, sure. He did a really good job. I mean, he's an accountant, so he had all his eyes dotted and T's crossed. So, <laughs> did really good. Excellent. So, um, when you say update, you just mean on presentation or uh, organization? Uh, the yep. uh, the sun was out. It was really good, which helped. Um, that helped. Yeah, there was um, there was just no issues throughout the day. Um, everything run reasonably cleanly. There was, um, other than a little bit of fog on Saturday morning that we had to wait for. There was, yeah, there was no, no waiting for anything to happen. Nobody got lost. Um, it was, yeah, it was run pretty smoothly. And there's uh, pl plenty of scope to change things around down there as well. So, no, he's done done really well. Really well. So when you say it was more of a sort of dedicated or a true PRS, are uh, you meaning it was? faster than some of the others or not shooting yeah. as far or more yeah, yeah, yeah. more speed higher round counts like i think the lowest round count was seven um yeah. seven to twelve um most of them were sort of eight to ten rounds um two and a half minutes was probably the longest stage um lots lots about the minute and a half two minutes um just about all moving to position to fire and then um yeah, build, building your, your position, then, then shooting off barricades, multiple positions, multiple different targets. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Nick, how did a 2 do 3 go? It was, um, it was surprising, actually. It was a bit of an experiment and fun. Um, the uh, the wind played merry hell with us. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's, that's probably the... The big takeaway for the weekend was I learned I learned how much how little I or how much I've forgotten and how little I knew about wind, um, the and how how to watch its nuances, but um, no, he had like a, the ground he used used down there was run really well. Uh, most of the firing points were actually in uh, in the lee of the wind, so you couldn't you know if you wanted to take good measurements with your wind meters and that you had to climb up a hill somewhere and find a ridge and disappear and come back 10 minutes later um with a true reading otherwise it was all calling um yeah probably the biggest surprise is we managed to hit the 1200 meter plate with a um in a 14 mile an hour crosswind with a 14 inch barrel so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i saw the weekend by far <laughs> It took 10 rounds, but we got it there. And that was at a 55... It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. 55 grain pill. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if I could do it again, but I'll take it. <laughs> that, yeah, that distance... the first round he shot, and it just took 10 rounds for it to get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but the 2-3 was a lot of fun to... to really make you focus back on all the things that you sort of gloss over with with the six yep. fives and the sharp pills they um yeah you get to really go back to the basics and rethink everything it's, um, um, it really um, was tricky wind like it was mm. there was enough wind to like especially the two to three blow you blow them off target but oh. it was light enough to not really tell what it was doing 
I swear, and it's the same the same excuse I give at every shoot. If the targets had been three inches bigger, I probably would have doubled my score. Yeah, they were, they were literally slimming, skimming down the sides of the targets mm. on both Sam's and mine. They were um, as for advantages, the rapid position changes and the barricades and the um, like we were both sporting uh, night shooting rifles, so they were both sort of fourteen inch barrels. Um, he was running a blazer. Uh, I ran a Ruger American. Um, so yeah, they were they were light, handy, and uh, could shift around in the positions, which was really, really cool. So I don't think we timed out on any of them, on any of the stages. Um, I don't think you got your tenth round off on the rock pile stage. Yeah, that's the one. I think that was the only one. But yeah, yeah. You, you guys got through it really well. Mm. The um. Yeah, one or two that were tight, but that's the only advantage it offered. <laughs> we were faster and we could uh, miss faster, but they were. It was a good shoot to run the meet actually, because probably the average distance was about five hundred and sixty meters, um, if you averaged across all the targets, um, excluding the twelve hundred, of course. Yeah, which was a well, side net. It's interesting with you saying those, you know, how the rounds were just slipping off one side and the other, and it, you kind of have almost, to a certain extent, summed up what some of the advantages of those those straighter shooting rounds are. You know, it's that's the difference is with a, something a little bit slipper and, and quicker out there. Then yeah, that one two inches, you're on, you're on the edge. You're not just off the edge. You're on the edge. You're just not off the edge. So um, yeah, it, that's where it makes a difference as well. Yeah, and it was just. Um... Yeah, not change, not changing your call and just waiting for the wind. And there was lots of um, uh, lots of what are those things? Those thistle thistle seeds um, everywhere down there. So it was actually good conditions to call the wind. Just need to do more of it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that and getting set up for barricades. Need to do more of that too. More practice. It's the yep. same for all of us, though. Yeah. Always. And that's where a 33 probably has the other advantage is that if you can go out, burn off five boxes of ammo and spend 30 bucks. Mm. Well, that was one thing I was thinking. So you were, you reloaded for the 223 or were you using factory? No, I ran uh, GGG 55 grain, so factory ammo down there. Yeah, okay. Um, and Sam, he ran, yeah, he reloads for his. Yeah. Um, I forget we had that we spoke about it uh last week it wasn't necessarily as, as optimal what he'd be normally running or anything but it was it was good enough you know and it did mm. the job oh, and with but, a bit of practice would probably do a lot better but I, I think it comes back to as well but you could you were there you competed you learned from it i mean this is the yeah. thing it's still what goes back to i was talking to somebody recently up here and they're like oh they're off to i think the second shoot they're coming down to your shoot graham um dave and we're sorting a rifle out for him and it's just like after his first one he knew what he wanted to change and he started getting an idea of it and i said the second one you can have more ideas and there'll always be tweaks but the best way to figure that out is actually get out to one of these things and actually shoot them and then you'll come back with a list of stuff you want to change and things you want to learn and everything but yeah best way to do that is actually get out and shoot one well let's start it today because i bought him 23 today with the intent of building it into what it needs to be <laughs> first criteria longer than 14 inches on the barrel <laughs> yeah i can see that could have been a 
So Ian, what did you you because you won the the long range shooter on the previous day? Was that your PRC, and then did you switch guns for the weekend comp? Well, I had my uh, three hundred Norma, right, for the twelve hundred meter comp. Yeah, and then I just ran my six mil Creed for the for the main PRS two day event. And now both running so in hybrid, so that was a swap over the barrel. No, I got a dedicated three hundred Norma. Gotcha. Uh, Barnard action with one of our steel barrel, you know, truck axle barrel on it, 32 inches long. And uh, yeah, that's a demon. Excellent. Cool. All right. Well, um, I guess I had a, a the. Uh, the, the subject for tonight, I guess, was um, I had some guys out on the uh, on Tuesday and we were talking about, uh, as I do a spiel, you know, why are we shooting? What are we doing? What's with our, what's with the style of shooting we're doing now, getting straight behind the rifle? What's the reason we're doing all this? And a lot of it comes down to recall management. And to me, a lot of it comes down to seeing your hits and your misses so you can follow up and get that information back. And the conversation then came up like, you know, well, do I just make a super heavy rifle that the thing doesn't move? And compared to what this guy was shooting, which was a Remington 700 SPS factory gun versus mine, which is nearly twice the weight anyway, you know, and a, and a six Creed instead of a um, 6.5. But what I sort of said to him was like, yeah, yeah, you can kind of just add weight onto these guns and add weight onto these guns and add weight onto these guns. But the uh, reality is if you can sort out some um, good fundamentals and shooting skills, you can balance some of that out, which translates a little bit more over to hunting. So I don't know. What's what's guys' thoughts of basically just bolting more and more weight on and where does it get to the point where you're no longer shooting practical you're shooting bench rest off a barricade uh jeff <laughs> i'll just cycle you around i know he's gonna un unpause yeah sorry gotta unmute um i'm busy throwing together a friggin heavy barreled rifle and a chassis <laughs> with the uh automotive torque wrench that graham doesn't want me to use um <laughs> wait is that the gun for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> It, it's the instructions say I need a torque wrench that can go up to 30 newton meters. Wow, That's a lot of foot pounds. Yeah, man. Um, I, I think if you can't shoot a um, like a standing snap or a um, standing unsupported for like you know three or four or five rounds, um, then you're no longer shooting a practical rifle. Um, but I mean, you bu you build a rifle for the sport that you're going to play in, right? Um, I build a fairly heavy rifle that I don't want to recoil too much. Um, and I want it to be sitting stable on a barricade, but my hunting rifle is completely different and I'll treat it completely differently. And hopefully, uh, you know, my fundamentals and marksmanship and what have you translate between the two. Um, but if you build one gun to rule them all, then you kind of, you've got to end up with that kind of crossover concept that um, Graham and Mark have been talking about recently. And you're well, giving up something, right? You got to give up something. It's got to be a compromise. I guess yeah. the other part we tied into this because the guy was thinking of competing, but he's also primarily hunting, and he was going to go down that path of lighter, 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 lighter. And I suppose I was like, all right, just be careful you don't go out and build a super, super lightweight rifle because I had one turn up recently. 
it was a um excuse me it was a, a carbon light um and in a seven or a 300 and this one had a suppressor on it but i've even found some of those when you don't have a suppressor or a break or anything on it they get you're not seeing where your rounds land basically for for a hunting side of things practical hunting you know different different uses yeah um, and they're, not, they're not fun to shoot so you're not going to practice them much are you no i cool if you're going to hike up into a very big mountain and take one shot um then that's the rifle for it but if you want to you know practice get good at something um that's probably not the rifle to do it with um and if you're going for a day trip maybe an overnight in the bush a couple of kgs more is not going to kill you well i think that's where i'm kind of leaning actually because it's I've, I've shot the i've shot a couple of kimbers now which are freaking light some of those but the other complication for those after about third or fourth round they start kind of stringing to the sky as well because everything heats up so much i don't know so blair at what point can you can you substitute just with more and more weight not being more, able to more shoot? important than overall weight is probably balance i've um i just changed put a new um put well put my old tika with a oh it's got a light palmer or medium palmer barrel on it no it's not it's a um a medium varmint barrel on it so it's not a not a heavy barrel um only 24 inches long suppressor on it so it's not not heavy and um i did have it in a hs3 chassis which was reasonably light um comfortable carrying all day comfortable shooting offhand for i don't know if i'd want to shoot five or six rounds um offhand with no support but you can do it um, i've just put it into an acc chassis with no weights at all um yep. and i don't want to go any heavier it um it's a little bit slow between positions if you i think if you put too much more weight in it um like 260 it's, it's recoiling a little bit more than the wee six mils and stuff like that but as long as you're behind it reasonably well it's not too bad um i do plan on putting a weight in the front just to keep um just to add a little bit of weight on the front just keep the nose down when it's not a barricade but other than that i don't don't plan on increasing the weight at all anymore um yeah well, I think the thing is as well in New Zealand is people, you know, we keep on harking and talking about these the PRS style shoots and and these things, and we don't, we still don't see in New Zealand. New Zealand's flavour is not quite the same as the PRS in the states. Uh, we've got it's more still, field shoots than anything else. Yeah, correct. And and people, I think, like so many things, are looking to the PRS, looking NRL overseas in the states. What are these guys building? Oh, that's what I need. It's like. Mm. I think that's always why um, Tarada's been a good comp because the very first thing you do is walk up a bloody great hill. <laughs> I think that's how it should be too. Yeah. The um, the mountain challenge that we've got uh, in three weeks, the first day you get dropped at the top of the hill and you walk walk down the hill for the, for the day shooting targets on the way down. Um, so if you've got your super heavy heavy barrel with all your weights loaded up and your and your rifle, you're going to be you're going to be done by the end of the day. The second day is the same thing. They drop you at one end and you walk across the bottom of the hill, shooting all the stages across the bottom of the hill, and it's hot. Um, it's a long day, um, and I think that's how it should be. We should be moving with the guns enough and moving between positions enough that if 
your rifle's too heavy, you're going to be slow and you're just going to be worn out at the end of the day. So like it's it's up to the match directors to design their matches to not for guys not to bring bench rest rifles and and like if you if you've got to run 20 meters to your start position with your a 20 kg rifle, do that 10 times a day, you're going to be fucking screwed. So or, or you're going to get very fit. I guess that's the other thing. If you actually you know like alpha, then sure go for it. But <laughs> yeah. but um yeah, I think you did. I think yeah, if you design the stages well to eliminate some of that, then I think it'll work out all right. So Graham, you're <laughs> I, I'm slowly catching up on your podcast as well. You're hitting down the idea of a crossover rifle. Uh, yeah, um, obviously I make gun, gun content, so I have to mix it up and make these things and, and keep it new. Um, but yeah, we've been talking a bit about um, crossover rifles. Um, I like the trend of uh, hunter competitions, even more so. Um, well, they had one in uh, Sparrowhawk, didn't they? Uh, yeah. And then the style of, of the GPRE ones, which are shorter range, uh, 400 meters and then kind of thing. Uh, essentially hunter class that we have in our events but standalone um i wouldn't mind one or two more of those a year possibly uh so a rifle that fits into those sort of hunting criteria um so i can take it in the field for real shoot a deer shoot a goat shoot a pig magpie whatever and like blessy carry it um and then compete with it and and, and maybe still be able to do maybe not 10 shots but seven shots reasonably fast or, or something like that um so that crossover sort of topic is i know it's on trend at the moment and it definitely is for me but that, that is something i'm going to go down and i'm, I'm going to go down uh, we've got a couple routes we're going to do but more traditional calibers rather than the hot new stuff you know we've got obviously six five creed you can't swing a cat without hitting a six five creed now and it's getting the same as six mil but so instead of that maybe um you know six five fifty five which has its uh, shortcomings due to its long action nature um but um but also two four three uh and stuff like that so that's the idea crossover rifles this is what we're going to do mark and i anyway and um but just in these cartridges that are falling out of fashion uh whereas maybe 20 years ago they would have the cool sort of um, hot new thing, but uh, play around with some of these older cartridges, show they still work and push them into these multi-role rifles. That's the idea. Uh, and one plus side to the 243 is that currently there's still a reasonable availability of the uh, sub 100 grain six millimeter projectiles. I mean, obviously we still have a powder issue, but um, your 90 grain ELDMs and 90, you know, whatever, they're still as far as I can tell, easy enough to get, whereas 108 that I run in my six millimeter cream more, I'm having to pull in favors to, to get my stocks up. So what sort of favors? <laughs> any favors at the moment, I think, Blair, to be I honest. I can't think of anything to say. Yeah, we might not talk about it, but things are getting reputation. Blair just yeah, wants I'll to know what the prices are. <laughs> oh. He might have some. Is that yeah, someone else behind you? <laughs> the, the prices of 108 LDMs or 229. Listen, listen, I'll send a photo of what I'll do. <laughs> Trust me, you want to see it. Now, anyway, but um, I do like the idea of uh, 
rifles being a little bit more practical, as, as Blair said, most of our events have a practical theme, especially in the North Island. They all, I shouldn't say all, nearly all are, 90% of them. Uh, certainly um, GPRE stuff and then, and then what I uh, tag on at the back end of that. So um, we try, so the event coming up this weekend has got a, like people like the, the, the PRSE style stuff, right? So we've, we've got a little bit of that, but we've also got a good mix of field in there. You've got to climb a big hill. So we're not dropping you off at the top, you've got to climb it, you know, climb the hill, shoot off it. Uh, and you're not necessarily shooting off the top of it, you're shooting down the side of it from one position. Um, so you're dealing with very uneven terrain. So you've got to play your stage, et cetera. Um, and then there's some sort of prone, and then there's a few other things, a few props to mix it up. So we try and blend the styles, you know. So, yeah, it, it's sort of, I don't know, you'll, the guys who are coming this weekend will see. I think it's the coolest one we've done yet, to be honest. But it's, um, I think going too heavy would be a disadvantage. Uh, first of all, you've got to climb what we call Mount Doom. Uh, it's not exactly, it's not a hard climb, but it's not a gentle climb. Uh, so if you've got a 20 pound or 25 pound rifle, you know, that's just extra weight carrying up the hill. Um, Is that last uh, top shoots first? Sorry? Last of the top shoots first? This is the thing. One unfortunate squad, uh, who will be squad Bravo, and I haven't told them they're in Bravo yet, they, are, they shoot stage two first. They then have to come down off the hill, shoot the remaining stages, end of the day, climb back up the hill and shoot stage one. <laughs> now, it sounds mean, but what it does, yeah. if we don't do that, it really messes up the flow. Uh, like We really try to keep squads moving and keep the event going because, man, they've become a long day and, and, and it sucks when squads are um, getting close and behind and constantly chasing the squad in front of them. So if squad Bravo then shoots stage one, it just messes the flow of the whole day. So... Yeah. Um, they're relatively fit. Uh, in fact, they should be fit as part of their job. Some of these guys. So, and then, and then I've got a friend who has volunteered. Well, I asked him to volunteer to run the said squad, um, just to really enforce the you have to move on. <laughs> um, yeah, and in fact, that. if they don't move on, I am wiping their score for the day. That's how serious I am about the whole thing. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, as I say, we need to keep squads moving. So they got to climb this hill. They've got to have the energy to shoot at the top. It's, again, it's not to Mount Taranaki. It's, it's, it's a, a lump. But um, So that huge, heavy 25-pound, 30-pound rifle is not going to be too much of an aid. And I guess most of us are training towards lighter recoil too. So you can sort of, you know, if you shoot a 308, it might benefit from a bunch more weight managing those sort of 175-gram projectiles. But if you go down to a 6-millimeter, uh, the new whiz bang stuff, um, shooting a 108 is going to be significantly less recall. So you might be able to drop you know, four pounds of weight off that gun. Or I'm just I'm plucking numbers out of the air. But um, I used to be quite interested in the 26-inch barrels and the similar thing. We look overseas, man, those are cool, wicked race guns. But now I'm slowly moving back to the what's best for what we do rather than they're shooting off a flat square range, yeah. 100% prop driven, and also all their props are the same, right? It's throw your bag on it, shoot it. A lot of them are the same height, 
so they're not even doing too much variation or, or stuff. It's just chuck my game changer on it. So um, we try to keep it away from that a little bit, um, force different heights and awkward shots and stuff. But having a slightly handier rifle, I think, is an advantage. But as Kerry said, going too light. So uh, we shoot a Saka carbon light a little bit. Now it is suppressed and it's in 260. So it's, it's nice to shoot. Um, but again, it heats up a bit. But like you said, if, if that was in seven or remag or something, it's not going to be nice to shoot. So um, in this game, it's nice to have that um, short action cartridge, like uh, a six five Creedmoor or something, and then um, maybe run a twenty two inch barrel and 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 bring that weight down a bit. And and as I imagine more, so the point of the weight system is it's more for balance rather than added mass. So mm -hmm. if you've got a shorter barrel, you don't need a does much balancing, I don't think, anyway, because um, you haven't got like this much extra barrel and then this much extra suppressor hanging off at the end of it. Anyway, did that cover any of what you asked? I think For you went around in a circle and said nothing. Yeah. Yes. Does it? Does it have to? I mean, does this does this show really have a point at all? Really? <laughs> does it really? Yeah. Just, just work. You're elected. No, I. Oh, dogs are barking. Um, no, I, for me, you know, this whole, a lot of these shoots, to me, I still go back, and I suppose it's because it's what I do as well. I'm often harking on to people. They're a good opportunity to get some firearms handling skills under you, which yeah. to me leads to, you know, safe firearms handling and is, is practical in that you can then apply it out to hunting as well. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's a big thing is obviously a lot of us around the country are looking to what's happening overseas. You know, we've got a question that's popped up you know what's the thought on a, a local prs comp and it's like well i that's the only thing we've got to remember is that the the prs is and the nrl nrl 22 being a great thing they they go on square ranges they are basically the the one only one step away almost from like ipsic rifle it's almost ipsic yeah. rifle with a bolt action you know so it, it's still they're, different they're brands. nrl and prs are brands yeah, well, yes, sorry, yes, yes, yeah. too. Um, and I, I would say style. you're closer to, like, slightly more active bend press than you are to Ipsic Rifle, because Ipsic Rifle, you're still moving around and running. True. Mm. True. Action bench rest. Yeah, action bench rest. There we go. That's it, we've, yeah. we've, we've got our own series. Action bench rest, New Zealand. Rock rest. <laughs> Rock rest. We've come up um, with an acronym out of that, too, somewhere. Sure. We do need a good acronym ABS. for everything. But you see shoot you see you see shoots overseas like um uh probably the snipers hide shoots. Um I'm just trying to think the the steel safari, which I know um Simon's always taken a great influence from those steel safari sort of things and those kind of shoots as well. So is that influence there? What's your twenty two uh, shoots called Blue? The what? What's his twenty two shoots called? I can't remember the acronym for them. It's um section twenty two practical rimfire uh, practical events rimfire match. What's that acronym? It's too long. You've got to trim it down. Cut the fat. It's spammed. It'll never catch on like PRS. <laughs> it it did get me a lot of emails blocked, unfortunately. <laughs> Spam. <laughs> oh dear yeah always check the spam that's where all Blair's emails will actually be sitting <laughs> yeah the spam um, always ends up in the spam yeah, yeah the spam ends in the spam um 
but I think it also depends. I mean, like a lot of guys I speak up to speak up and oh, Graham's been offended. He's turned his video off. Um, no, I've buggered it up. Oh, oh you've buggered it up. It's all getting too much for him. Um, I know a lot of guys up Auckland. Oh, beautiful. Um, they're used to, I guess, the target shooting concept. So they're quite happy to build these target rigs and stuff like that. But a lot of people shooting, and rightly so, are wanting rigs that they can also use for hunting and other bits and pieces. I mean, I guess we are, I, I say that, but I'm, I'm saying that hell of my comp rig is completely un, completely unhunting suitable in any way, shape or form these days. So, you know, um, but yeah, I, I, what it's done for me, and I realized this last time I went out hunting, hunting, for that I went out hunting, um, is now I look at that rifle and go, well, that's, that's nothing compared to my comp rifle that I know. So I'm wondering how far I can push it towards my comp, comp rifle for hunting, you know? Um, because you get used to certain things, I suppose. Yeah. So my my main competition gun is still a a race gun, twenty six inch barrel. Yeah. Um, and a MDT uh, ACC ACC chassis, not ninety degree grip, big optic, etc. It does weigh a significant amount. Uh, it'd be under twenty pounds, so I guess. I don't know. I don't never weigh that, but um. But being a six millimeter, I do want that long barrel because I'm after velocity, right? It's kind of the point of the cartridge um, to go fast. But where we I and I think if you if you're trying to be super competitive in the practical and open classes, there is some advantage to the full race guns. Um, but where a lot of my interest lies is those those hunter class events where um, you, you like you say you may be blended a little bit. Um, mm. Like I, I'd rather shoot a hunter class comp with a dialing scope, and because I hunt with a dialing scope, yeah. But if I had to, I could shoot it with a BDC. Um, but but uh, but to your point, then we would all these days we all have dialing scopes, even for hunting. I, I yeah. say all, meaning you understand what I mean. Is that we're not using BDCs. We're using this is this is why even I was I was looking at it with my rifle. If I'm taking a shot at 200 meters, I'm not going to rely on point blank zero systems anymore i'm going to have my ballistics and i'm going to dial to them that's what i would now do even hunting so i know i know hunters that go out in the hills up here that have got deeroscopes than my whole rig mm. so there's plenty of them around yeah so but it's in a, in part of maybe part of the catalyst well no not really but it ties in as was ndt have announced their their you know their lightweight hunter rig as well so suddenly things like a 90 degree grip actually is like oh actually yeah i'm used to shooting with 90 degree grip so that's what i'm going to put on my hunting rifle as well you know hmm. um, i think with a tika factory um t3x stocks with the you can change the put the more mm -hmm. vertical grip on them was the first thing I did on my one, and I run that for, as my match gun, with just with the the plastic stock for uh, nearly three years, and uh, just with that that more vertical grip on it, it's way better. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had I had a guy out well, again. One of the guys on Tuesday had a standard. Yeah, it was a Remington, not the SPS SPS. Tech, I don't know. Anyway, it was, it, but the old sweat back, and we were explaining to him trigger placement, and you know how far you're drifting your fingers off the front of that grip if you're trying to get that 90 degree trigger, you know? And I suppose once you're there, now every time I just try and grip other guns, I'm like, that's not right. It's I'm, I'm trying to haul it upwards and backwards. So that's what I want to do now. So 
Mm-hmm. Actually, one thing I've been, I mean, we've, we're talking about the crossover of the hunting style comps and guns, but obviously, and we've talked about the precision rifle in NRL. Love, uh, but I think they had the first one the other day, the NRL Hunter series. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I I see the, the setups the guys are putting together, and they're just putting together full on chassis. Well, not anything wrong with that, but color scopes, big setups that are just scraping in under weight limits of 15 pounds or something. Gaming it. Yeah, and, and so they're, they're essentially, like those guns, I mean, obviously, this New Zealand, we do things a lot differently, but they would be considered open class guns, practical guns. Um, so they can get into this, this hunter division. But I, I actually think their weight limit's too high. So they're, mm. they're still heavy enough to mitigate recoil uh, significantly. And all these things that generally wouldn't maybe happen with a hunting rifle in New Zealand. And now this is a difference too. Our hunting culture is vastly different from the United States. Well, yeah, but the Bagara is still considered a crossover. And if you pick up the Bagara B, HMR, HMR whatever it is, you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. Um, Good for shooting out of a tree stand. Well, depending, yeah, this is the thing, depending. Okay, United States is like a series of countries made into one, right? They're all uh-huh. weird and different. But if you're hunting elk in the, the northern states, it's going to be a lot different. It's a lot more backpack work. But like you say, if you're in like um, Tennessee or something, you're sitting in a tree stand or a blind yep. and you just wait there drinking your beers until a deer walks out to a, to a little plantation of corn you planted specifically yep. for them. Yeah, because it's how they hunt. It's how they've done it for 200 years. Um and so maybe having that big heavy gun's not an issue. And I think, well, this mm. is cool. Right around, that's what I want to run. But f- from a New Zealand perspective, and, and purely my own, um, that having that 15-pound weight limit, I actually think it's a bit generous. Um, I would well, have liked them to stick to it. Like a but the approach, the approach I wonder is like with, again, going back to like Tarata, where there's a hill at the front of it. It's almost like, I often have this thing with like, if you want a match to have a particular flavor or you want equipment limitations or whatever it is, then you, you, it's almost like a match director. You need to design it so that that heavy gun is an absolute prick to carry around yeah. and you do it once. And then you're like, I've got the wrong gun for this. That's the, which is the, the challenge. It's, it's, it's geography. It's having the appropriate place and everything to do it. But the, the like if you, if you want way to, is to, want to do it right to, at that Tarata match where you say you climb the hill. Yeah. Everyone starts at the bottom of the hill with five-minute interview intervals, and you get to the top of the hill, and your time starts now. Mm. Up there, you well, your time starts at the bottom of the hill, and however long it takes to get there, that's your time. Yeah, I know, I know, which would be an absolute ask to organise. We can all appreciate a PTI in the army at some point. There, sounds like a nasty thing they'd come up with. But, that, but that's that kind of thing, you know. It's like the yeah, you can carry whatever you want, but it's if and if you're a big burly dude that carries, because I know guys who carry insane amounts of weight into the bush with them, but they're big dudes that are training, and it's all part and parcel of it, you know. But it, I guess that's always that big thing. It's just like you don't like this, you don't like this particular bit of gear. Well, then you need to set up stages so that that bit of gear is useless or more detrimental than you know. So. Yeah, just yeah, my. No, you're right. You you can. I mean, yeah, Simon's been doing it for a few years before the open mm. class come in. He just um, 
certain stages where a tripod would be a huge advantage, you just wrote it in the rules that it was impractical to use it or something. Um, yeah. So, okay, yeah, that's fine, but you got to set it up on time. So, like, like now in, in the comps up here, um, the guys who run the tripod shooting, they'll generally just look at the time limit and go, nah, there's, there's no yeah. way I'm going to have time. I'm just going to have to find yeah. a way around it. Um, so, yeah, so you can, and obviously Simon's very, very good at writing stages and he keeps the record of every stage, how it went, average score, right, right, so he's got a bit of a database. Um, so if things do or don't work, but yeah, that, that is an interesting thing. And as, as a comment earlier, do we need a PRS here in New Zealand? Um, we've actually been talking about this in the background, funnily enough, uh, most of us um, on this chat, but uh, as mentioned earlier, it is a trademark thing, so you have to buy into their brand and yeah, run the rules. Ready, right. And then there's yeah, there's new rules, and then there's I know in the states they have issues because um, uh, you sort of have to host the shoots they want you to host. Uh, anyway, um, well, we have, yeah, great. So I was gonna, I've got this written down because it does come up, and I do have to think there's a lot of people thinking about it. So we'll we'll talk carefully about it but let's maybe talk about prs and the nrl mm. and the new ip rl for long guns yeah no international precision rifle league i think is what it is so yeah you're right the prs the nrl basically brands you i think the prs you pay possibly to be a member of it whereas so the prs is a business the nrl is a non-profit and the IPRL is more of a sporting organisation. It's interesting. There like is actually... An, like an international syndicate to... An association, yeah. Association. Yeah, which is, again, closer to IPSC, IPSC and different things that, that people are familiar with for shooting, whereas the PRS is actually... It's 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 a brand. It's 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 a marketing and... Yeah, but... But they're all trying to do slightly different things. Yeah, the, the international organization one they they're not trying to take over or bully their way into america to do nrl or prs they're getting into it from the south african english irish and a few other places where you need to be a sport to be able to have these guns mm -hmm. um same with yeah. uh something that might be Sweden or Norway, somewhere else, it's got, you've got to be a sport to be able to have, have a gun to do so. And the only way that it's actually a legit, legitimate sport is, is if they've got an international organisation overseeing the whole thing. Yep. And so that's where that side of it's come from. And, like, in New Zealand, I don't believe we need to align our site, ourselves with NRL or PRS in the USA we can run the events that we're already running. Um, being a part of the international organisation, I think, could help in the long run to legitimise ourselves legally, um, like what we've already seen with people trying to take toys away. Um, maybe if it's a, a bigger deal, maybe it might be a little bit easier in the long run, but probably not. But the events that all the match directors are running, like Nick, at Sparrowhawk and um, Graham and Simon, um, they've got their own styles and there's nothing wrong with those and we shouldn't be trying to change them. Um, same with Sam Rudenclaw just doing the Hokanui position match down south. That's more of a PRS style of match, um, like your, your typical PRS match. Um, 
and let them do their own thing. We've we've talked about as a South Island group, we're going to um, start collating an overall score and then use that score to either like have a champion or have a final at the end of the year where all the top so many shooters um, get put into a squad a squad and they get to shoot off for the best rifleman in the South Island sort of thing mm. and uh, we've already we've already been talking about it quite openly with quite a few number a number of people and we've thrown ideas around and um, it maybe come down to the sort of style that we were talking that we had at um, the section 22 final I, I quite like that idea I think that I think you quite like that idea as well so what we did with that was have the three the previous matches your overall scores get collated and you get put into a um, top 20 top 10 next 10 and and you get three or four squads and you're just shooting against your squad. Um, and so whatever whatever you you do in your squad, everyone else gets to do the same thing. If the B squad wants to do something different, they can do whatever they want because you're only shooting against your squad. Um, so there'll be a A, B, C squad, and um, you might come into it 10th from your previous scores. You might win the whole thing, and you could be South Island champion after the, after the weekend sort of thing. I think the big thing we're just trying to get across to people is yes, there are these conversations going on in the background. Yes, there is a Facebook group <laughs> where these chats happen, and there's uh, there's other things as well that tie into it, which is even I don't know, not higher level, but there's there's, there's certainly stuff going on that we have to be aware of. And all these organisations internationally, yeah, it'd be awesome to hook into it. I, the other thing is like the NRL 22, I think is a great system, but it's really designed for square flat ranges that would be awesome for example if an organization like say the deer stalkers picked it up because that would be sweet to run at all their different ranges you know they've got the templates and stuff for it that's not field shoot stuff though it's a different thing that what they're doing would not work for a lot of the the field shoot ranges anyway just the, well, the way it's, it's done right? i don't know if it's that we don't that we it won't work i think we don't need it true yeah Part of the um, part of the uh, joy, especially in the southern circuit, is that all the shoots are different. You mm. don't, uh, you're not going to the same recipe every month. It's a yeah, and you can you train very differently for each of the shoots. You know, well, for example, the, for the grey mouth one, you wear your wet weathers when you do your training, and you do the. NRL 22 again it's a monthly thing so this yeah. is a, this is assuming that it's running on a range that they're shooting multiple times a month so every month you can have an event there mm. which is not how a lot of the things up here run though we've got guys who have struggled to get their local range to let them do regular events enough so um yes yep. it's the different certainly in the field shooting going to a different environment every time with um is part of the challenge is that whole different bloody uh, environment, a whole different feel, and the whole different problems. They're a different uh, style. They're a different yeah. style. Yeah, and it's quite fun. Yeah, of oh, course. Cool. Mm. So anyway, there we go. We've hopefully covered off that question, Dylan. And uh... yeah, but but all all the individual match directors are talking to everyone else, and oh. we are talking about doing collating scores and. Um, 
maybe doing a North versus South or a New Zealand type match. Already, did, you, did you just throw down the glove, Blair? Is that what you just? You... I've been Ooh. talking. We've been, we've been waiting for someone to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking to someone based in Nelson, and they've got some property that um, hopefully might come together that we could do a New Zealand shootout. A um, yeah, you, you guys pick your best twenty shooters. We pick take our best twenty shooters, and we have a. And We're good. We got Ian. Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble is, me and Kerry won't make it on the team at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, top top thirty three. I can see a rifle up for you, but don't give it. Actually, shoot it a comp. That's that. Don't no no no. no, no. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, my comp rifle's got a new scope on it. It's not actually zeroed at the moment. Don't you know? Or I don't have a load for it either. Now we're really actually getting down to the nitty gritty. But <laughs> that's what the first three stages are for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. or or if you a couple of the guys in the match in the weekend, or nothing was five shot five stages it took to get them zero. Yeah. Hey, and then and then they've learnt, hopefully learned their lesson and and won't try and you know put scopes on rifles the day before and be reloading the night before and stuff like that. I mean that's just probably, you know probably not. No, How are you getting on, Jeff? Yeah, I, I get it, Kerry. I get it. <laughs> Don't worry, I've done it myself. It's all good. <laughs> You're actually what are you? Are you building a rifle for Graham at the moment? Is that what's actually uh, going on? No. Uh, yeah. For a connection of Graham's, yeah. Okay, got you. <clears throat> so actually, right, okay. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, well, I figured the reloading room would be a bit too noisy, so I can do this while we're chatting, and then I'll reload afterwards. Fair enough. Well, like I said, Ian was worried, although he must have cut out. He was worried about um, being in a vehicle, and I was like, well, what are you going to compete with, Sam? Well, I mean, we've had, like, bulls and... <laughs> <laughs> reloading and tractors and motorbikes and yeah ian must be going past about my house by now from when we last you probably hear a knock on the door shortly i could have offered it to him i've had stranger people turn up cherry <laughs> and friends <clears throat> he's got some projectiles for you he's got he's going to do your swap oh, oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, look at that. Graham's getting all giggly like a little girl now. He's pretty oh, touching. Oh. He's going to get his knees out soon. They're out. They're just out of shot. I've got a little disc over <laughs> me. Keep me modest. So uh, one, one thing I was going to bring up with you, Graham, is the uh, obvious bias towards right-handed people, or at least right-footed oh, yeah. people. Um, and as a, a left-handed person, I feel discriminated against. Um, and, yeah, I'm offended. So we get this quite often, actually. And also people who are colorblind, they want me to run white targets, but it just doesn't really work in summer. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, there's a, actually, to be honest, stage two is literally 10 times easier if you're a left-hander at the RTD Long Range Challenge this weekend. Um, so, the, yeah, significantly easier. If you think about it, you still have to think about it. But... Um, the, the beauty of being right-handed is, well, obviously, it's the proper way to do things, right? It's the majority. Huh? <laughs> majority? You might want to... In this you democracy, you're mm. right, you're wrong. You want to check the percentage just on the screen here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, mate. I'm in the north. 14-inch <laughs> barrel can't have anything here. No, no. So, <laughs> so, yeah, like you say, uh, Simon obviously helps massively with uh, my events. Um, 
that's just the way it is. <laughs> when I build stuff or we set stuff up, we're right-handed and um, oh, and I when did... we go, that's going to be hard for a left-hander. We go, mm, oh well. Um, <laughs> no, we got when we did one of the twenty-two shoots, we got some feedback afterwards. Somebody said that the whole the whole competition seemed to have been set up for a left-handed shooter, and I was like, well, it was all set up by a left-handed shooter. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose by default it does. I mean, you don't, you know. It's not something you're necessarily thinking about, and I don't expect people to be necessarily thinking about it when they set up a stage because you get up, you know, a ladder a certain way if you are left or right-footed or whatever it is. So, mm. so right. I was looking at the photo of the rooftop, which is awesome, by the way. I'm jealous that we really need to build one of those up here. Don't, don't it. Wait. It's so heavy. I built that thing. Yeah, and if, and if I get Matt to build it, he'll build it out of steel will be the other yeah. thing. He'll so it I up. built it. And it's literally where I left it. It's been there for three years now. <laughs> there was actually a dead sheep under it, a mummified <laughs> sheep, because it had died there about six months ago and um, just been sort of drying out. So uh, that's how long it's been there. Um, and have you moved it or is it still there? That was my question. Yeah. It's your, it's your, how are you going to speed people up on it? Isn't it? Yeah. Well, so yeah. Part of the it state. Smell for you non for you non rural types. It's mummified, so it just looks a bit weird. It That's smells true. and tastes fine. It tastes, it tastes fine. fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's just like it's just like um, dry salted beef jerky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. You pay extra no, the, money. The you pay extra gone. money up here for a bit of meat that's been hanging out and just like dried out and all crusty and stuff. You pay like oh, listen, I'll for post it. it to you free of charge. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, no, so the sheep, the dead sheep, the dead sheep's kind of out of sight. You'll find it if you look for it. Um, but yeah, so there's no dead sheep under it anymore. But um, yeah, the trouble with it is I plan on making a aluminium plywood substitute. Yeah. But this just not happened, and because Mark's such a good bugger, uh, as, as Jeff knows, Jeff knows him pretty well too. Um, That's Ben's one for the. Boundary Creek match. It's aluminium. Yeah. This this one's literally if you've got two of them, you've got a whole shed. Um, you have know. to, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It needs to be that's that's what I seen and when, when Ben first put some hints up about it. Um, aluminium so there's two of us lifted it piece first. Yeah, so I'll make a larger scale one, removable legs, adjustable height, and then maybe even a few accessories that sort of come off the sides to maybe make it multi-pitch. Um, yeah, but but it's just getting around to it. Um, and Easy then, enough. Got a, yeah, Easy I'm enough. just going to put some legs or some some something underneath it to to raise it up to whatever you mm. need to do. Yeah, no, that building is no issue. Just kind of want to do for a job. Yeah, you know, a guy. I am the guy, but it's um, it's just yeah, it's just getting around to it with a million other things I do. Um, and, and the uh, fact that I just leave the big roof there, so it's kind of been a non-issue until Mark tells me to get rid of it. <laughs> so Carl's pointed out the chicken wire feels amazing on the knees. Who's he talking to? Yep. He's got the chicken wire on. The, you've you got chicken wire on there as well. I got, I got, it's not chicken wire. It's um, it's like wire for smaller birds, like finches. Um, no. So the thinking there is, it does rain even in summer, uh, yes. and wood gets rather slippery. So my advice to competitors is to wear pants at field shoots. I learned that a long time ago. Um, I was this prickles, there's scratchy sticks, there's poo, especially at Tarada, there's lots of poo. Um, fun. Yeah, and then um, there's chicken wire. So, uh, But yeah, I'd rather you get a slightly sore knee 
uh, as in like the surface of your skin, then fall off the side of it and um, break your leg. Um, yeah. So you're not going to be forcing people to wear harnesses? What no. sort of harness? <laughs> yeah, that, that, you'll find out that for a little fans. too long to be honest but yeah is it too late to get my entry in <laughs> if you get on a plane tomorrow i'll give you a spot and within nah, seconds he's gone he's left he's <laughs> i don't actually know where he lives how far away is he <laughs> tomorrow where's is that the place with the weird buildings and they dress in funny hats that's no, right. that's, that's the next one down. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's where Ben's from. Yeah. One rung above yeah. that. Okay. Oh, that's Omaru. Yeah. yeah. What's with the similar names? Why so similar? Because none of us can pronounce Mary words down here anyway. I've, I've noticed your names are very <laughs> uh, uh, northern. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's northern. not cross that bridge. Uh, Right. Next question, so, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got left out. Before we get a complaint from the minister. Yeah, I've got waited. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm looking for another. But, All right. Talking about lefties, I yes. um, actually think the match in the weekend was probably slight. There was a few stages that would have been slightly easier shooting left-handed than right-handed. Hmm. The, um, not Sam, Sam or any of the lads left-handed? No. No, he's oh, his brother's left-handed, but he didn't do the stage signs. Yeah. Um, just like the way that the sheep yards and a few fences and, and a few things were, were, it was just you had slightly more body contact, positional support shooting that lefty. Yeah. Well, I wonder if they set it up right-handed and go, oh, this is going to be a real pain of a course for right-handed. And then a left-handed person walks up and goes, actually, that yeah. works for me. So. Yeah. The, there's a there's a stage at the um, mountain challenge on Sunday where there's a um, stairs that you've got to climb up and then you shoot off you shoot three positions up the stairs and then you're on the top of the stairs you shoot off and so yeah you you just as a lefty you just line across the stairs and yep. as you're climbing up it and the righties are trying to shoot off the um, handrail and off their knees and whatever else and oh yeah. So much, so much easier. A lot of the right-handed guys are actually starting to shoot at left-handed. That's mm. that much of an advantage. There's a question for you, Blair. Um, I noticed overseas they force people to shoot support side. Um, but me personally, I don't see a lot of practical use for support side. Being that I'm not in the army, my hand's not going to get shot. I don't need a... If I hurt my hand, I'm done for the day. That's, that's where yeah. I'm going with that. Worst you, case, you might get a splinter. Yeah, yeah. From Or your chicken mesh stabs you. But what I'm saying is, do you... In the southern um, circuit, we call it now, do you guys um, have stages where you force uh, support side shooting, as in left-handed if you're right-handed or vice versa? We we have before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the sparrowhawk one we do sometimes. Um, I've mm -hmm. played with that in the past. The um, And certainly in the team's event, we do things like nasty things like that to each other. Yeah. Um, Oh, really? I haven't seen it in the others. We, we did a stage two years ago, I think it was, at um, the Vortex Mountain Challenge, where you had to shoot within a box behind a doorway, and you had to shoot out the side of the doorway either side, yeah. but your feet weren't allowed to come from behind. So, like, it was basically an IPSC stage where yeah. you'd lean, lean out the side, yeah. shoot your pistol around the side, but you're trying to do it with a rifle 
and you're trying to do it with the wrong side and it was kind of dangerous I thought um and it was terrible and yeah no nobody liked it, it was, that kind of sucked um, yeah. If, yeah if you had a little bit more if you had a little bit more support um you weren't just like leaning 45 degrees out of a door frame trying to get support on the wobbly frame yeah with your odd eye it wouldn't have been as bad um but the reason i shoot left-handed is because my right eye doesn't work properly so every time i try and shoot anything with my right side um i end up with headaches and i usually end up hitting something that probably shouldn't hit so i Mm -hmm. don't do it anymore yeah well i know for our early um psnz 22 there's another acronym for you psnz 22 shoots it's an initialization because an acronym an acronym is you initialize the words but it's a word on its own as well like sperm yes okay so sorry thank you very much gentlemen thank you (laughs) you're welcome appreciate it so there's another initialization for you um it's not going to catch on go back to acronym I knew there was a reason you're on. Um, but uh, so I'd, I'd come out of um, IPSC, IPSC, um, which would be another initialization rather than an acronym, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, cool. I'm learning. Um, so the same thing around, you know, around barricades, left, right, inside that shooting box and everything like that. And we had the one stage, wasn't quite to the extent of forcing people around, but we did have a post and you had to shoot on the left side and the right side and change shoulder and eyes. And um, I mean, we talked about the practical, how practical was it? And in the end, we're like, it's not, it's just a fun mm. thing to do. Yeah, it wasn't practical, but I, I actually enjoyed that stage because I found I shot better left handed. Um, many people. That's yeah, the thing. standing up unsupported, shot better left handed because I took the time to actually figure out what I was doing and oh. focus on the fundamentals of my shot rather than going, oh, this is my strong hand. This is going to be a piece of piss and missing three times. Yeah. Listen, there's a weird thing. People would shoot better on their off like, yeah. weak hand rather than their strong hand and strong eye and everything. We, it was also where I found out um, Simon has issues with one of his eyes and a few people are like, yeah, I have. I'm legally blind on this eye. What do, what do you want me to do? It's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> the stage is the stage. So, yeah. yeah. But, but for just, us, for, for me, as much as anything, it's, if it was just a... You've um, only got one hand. and going to try and make him shoot with, you, with a hand that he no. has. No. What's the difference than that and shooting with one eye? True. Or or a person who turns up in a wheelchair. Yeah. Which you're gonna yeah, make or, or like dudes who can't do like a dash it or a run or whatever, you know, do some press ups or something, you know, you accommodate people um, you know, as they come. Oh, that's the thing. I think you'll find anybody this is it when no one's gonna just DQ someone out of an entire shoot because they can't, you know, it's just like we'll we'll, we'll find a way. But the, the biggest thing for that as well is for for me was it was a handling thing for people. It's like we're very it wasn't a huge it wasn't I get what you mean by around the doors and stuff because with a pistol you're singled and it's just a little bit easier to move. If a full rifle gets a bit trickier. So we had a very short movement basically from left to right. But it was just getting people familiar with guns pointing the same direction, changing over shoulders, just firearms manipulation basically as well. Yeah. And you got into a good groove. Funnily enough, if you did it a bit, you got into quite a good groove um, switching over the shoulders. But yeah, no, 
I don't know, just in case that deer charges you and spikes you in the hand with the antler and you need to defend yourself with your weak hand or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Is that anyone? anyone? Yeah. Yeah. I just see it. I see it over again. We we always head back to talking about what happens overseas. And yeah, I see it there, uh, especially in the States. Um, But although a lot of these stages, like we talked about earlier, they're not so much practical shooting, it's, it's a game. Yes. It's, here's this thing we're going to do to challenge you. Mm. And the reason is, it's, I don't know, it's just something we thought of and it seems hard. Um, yeah. I, but again, that's fun. And if there was like a full-on PRS match held within like five hours drive, six hours drive of me, I'd go. And I'd shoot yeah. off the boat and I'd shoot off left hand, right hand. Uh, and I'd do it all and enjoy it. It's just... Again, the, the the style we have here is that slightly. I, I think that's the thing for our, our twenty two shoots up here. Another one we're planning as well. You probably see more of that flavour, but that's because my involvement with it and my introduction was Ipsic pistol and, mm. and those sort of square range comps. So that's the flavour that I would infuse into it. And then Matt at least kind of drags me back and keeps me a little bit practical because he's out hunting a lot more. So yeah. that's that's the thing. If you've got guys doing these comps, like myself, where I'm, I'm, I'm the match director, I don't hunt a lot, so the practical component is probably less in my mind when I'm doing it. Mm. So, But that's again, there's your different flavour. It's another flavour. We know up here it's, it's going to be traditionally ours where maybe shorter distances again, but they're going to be faster. They'll be short. I quite like quite short stages. Yeah. Um, and that's just that's preference for. So. That... Um, yeah. that- Floating platform stage that we did in the weekend was a bastard. Was he awful? But it was so much fun. Mm. I um, I zeroed it. I I didn't get any. I um, but oh, like some some guys. I think Nick did really well on it because he mm. you got a, yeah you got good points on it. But just watching him, like he figured out that he could flick his head as it as the um, as it was moving one way and that would make it settle down, or and rather than getting it. Rather than it going sideways, it moving it back and forward. Um, the way I was watching it, it was just doing a big um, infinity sign through the target. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys were just going back and forward. Some guys were going sideways. And um, mine was mine was just doing infinity through it, and there was no real pattern, and I couldn't get it to really stop. And it was it was a pain in the ass, but I'd I'd love to do it again. And I did notice that the chains were hung very close to vertical, which is good. In the yeah. respect that it's unpredictable, yeah. Right. So if you if you tension the rope, uh, the ropes or mm. cables, or whatever, on a on it an angle, settles easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's go, it's going to centralise. But being that it's um hanging semi vertical, man, you just you're up. Uh, it's the will of the gods, you know, where you end up. So that that did look cool. Um, it was it was hands down the most unstable platform I've ever been on. Like it's <laughs> I've shot a few of them, and that one was by far the most unstable. Well, the yeah. most sensitive, like you even pick up your bloody um, heart rate and stuff, was you could see yeah, those wobbles wow. going through the. the and area. and I think which is an interesting learning tool on its own. But mm. I guess the problem is if you only get to shoot it once a year, you don't ever really get to right. figure it out. That's the but, trick. But know? even the, working the bolt on it was enough to give you probably mm. an inch worth of swing. Mm. Just oh, more than that. I was just going changing with- it. Yeah, you must but, not um, be as good as him then, Blair. 
What do you mean? I, had, I, I did have a couple of It was the hip flip as well. <laughs> getting his, you're getting your calyx out of the way. <laughs> the target was out at 425 meters as well. So when um, when I measured my swing on the target, I was four targets width either either side. Mm. So it was going completely out of my out of my scope, and I was waiting for it to come back in. I think it was a 20 inch target, two 24 inch targets. So that was a good. It was a 15 inch target. 15. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was going a long way. Mm. It was yeah, good fun though. Good. Yeah, it might be. I'm I'm tempted to make one, um, probably quite similar, and um, have it set yeah, up here. I think we've got one up north that's probably completely overgrown by grass now. But then when we actually built it, Matt was also trying to devise how he could mount an engine on it because he's just that way inclined to actually wobble the crap out of the thing. So I was like, no, no, we're not putting an engine on the platform. That's yeah. just that's just psychotic. I've, I've heard Frank Garley <laughs> in there talking about it, and he's saying it'd be cool to mount a like an old rowboat in one. That could be quite fun. Get an old fiberglass rowboat and um, maybe put a floor in it so you could lay or, or sit or whatever. That's what I want to do for the um, twenty-two. One of the twenty-two matches, I had one lined up, um, an old an old dinghy, and um, but the guy sold it on me, so I'm trying to find another one at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to buy an old so dinghy. We'll put it out there. Anybody wants to send their old dinghy down to Blair? Sam, Sam's or, just going to make a platform. Okay, we need two dinghies. So actually, actually, what we need we need for the trigonometry show, we need a fishing company sponsorship, and we need some dinghies. Yeah, we've actually got one. Down at the dairy farm, but it's been used to. Of course, there's a dinghy on the dairy farm. Of course, there is. No, no, we've got um big settling ponds for sediment, and um, which is a, a nice way of saying cow shit. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you have to go out on them and do stuff. <laughs> so with the agitator, but um, what if they notice if I just flat out steal it? Sure, it'd be fine. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, cool yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to buy a boat. This time, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm looking at the trade me right now. <laughs> I'll tell you in 30 seconds if I can afford one. Okay, so here's a here's a, a maybe a final thought. We're hitting up to two hours. So we've done pretty well. So um, I'm going to start with most ridiculous, and we never bought it. And because again, Matt was all keen, we didn't get it. But the the close near most ridiculous stage idea you ever came up with. So Matt sent a link to me. He'd found a uh, part of a aircraft uh, chassis, the fuselage. So just the emergency window training. And it was actually quite cheap. Like it was actually stupid cheap. And he wanted to buy it so we could put it out there so we could do basically shooting out of an airplane um, door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Then we're like, but we're out of, then we're shooting out of an airplane door, which is also getting a bit, you know. And then the practical issue of moving like it was a section out of an airplane and going, putting that up on a property and leaving it there. So it never, never quite made it to um, fruition. Of, uh, Nick's of trying thought. to figure out how he can get it down to uh, fairly, uh, down to Albury right now. I've got a perfect action. I've got a helicopter there. there. I've got a helicopter fuselage. <laughs> we can do that already. Mm. I can't afford a boat. <laughs> no no don't anyway. search for boat search for dinghy no I did can't afford that not in Taranaki <laughs> too much water around here everyone wants to go out and plow it um, we've, we've talked about ah. similar things um, using uh, vehicles and 
uh, and yeah, potentially parts of different vehicles. But um, the issue, like Kerry mentioned, was um, it's, the public image issue. It's a perception me. thing, man. Which oh, yeah. you know, like we're purely doing it because it's cool and we're all little kids at heart. Yep. But it's um, yeah. Uh, now we have done a couple of rimfire comps over the years where we shot over the bonnet of a Ute. Yep. Uh, that being styled that you're on the farm, you get out and shoot oh. your rabbits. So it, it's how you, uh, like you say, um, present it as not militia training, as yeah. a hunting-based sort of thing. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any Hueys here. In South Island, you're fine because you can go and shoot tar for the gunboat out, out of the helicopter. We don't have as much aerial control up here. Yeah, 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 but so yeah, it's a, it's a public perception thing for us. Yeah, most of our controls are the helicopters down here now, so mm. yeah, yeah. So you're fine. So you, you, you're just shooting one of these or, or tar, mm. but um, oh, we got Waro, which, which I noticed. I just noticed just on Facebook feed earlier, there's apparently people have realized now that the wallabies are actually an issue that need to be eradicated in New Zealand. Wow, welcome to <laughs> welcome to reality. <laughs> I shot well, welcome to the year 2000. Yeah. So we shot three and a half thousand off here last year, just off our one farm. Mean. And we've got, uh, we're already over 400 for this year. Mm. Yeah. Mental. All right, so we're going to see a helicopter down there with you though soon, Nick. Mm. Near the, uh, yeah. What was that, sorry? So we're going to see the helicopter down there shortly, Nick? I don't know, I'll have to drag it out. Yeah, we use it for, we use it for teaching the um, Myro guys. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I reckon we need to hang it from one of those trees. Oh, you can move. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking I'm uh, just to give work safer something really good to think about if we could mount it on the forks of the tractor. <laughs> as long as Ritz, <laughs> as long as Ritz not driving. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's banned. <laughs> all right. So all good. Uh Jeff, you've progressed to the reloading room, so it's time to get busy, is it? How many road how many uh Rounds you got to get done tonight? Um, I don't know, north of a hundred. <laughs> Just sizing cases now, I'll be sweet. <laughs> well, what time are you coming down tomorrow, Jeff? Um, I, don't, I don't know, I'll flick your text, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and to be around three or four, I guess. Yeah, sweet. You got uh, you and Cassie come set up your tent up at the hut too. You don't have to sleep down the yards with all the commoners. <laughs> Sounds good. But then you got the barbecue and everything. Dang. Excellent. You know um, your way up too. So just yeah. Anything else you need to get make it up, right? heading down over the weekend to know, Graham? Uh, Not that they're going to get the podcast out before that happens, but that's all right. No, no, really. Just um, take it easy up the gravel road. Um, you know, it's at, it's five k's long. People think that if you think you're lost, you're nearly there. Is essentially the rule. Coming up through uh through that gravel road, it's a bit. It's very rural. The road, like it, it's a good nick, but it's this could potentially be stock and sheep and stuff. So just and uh, wandering onion pickers. Do you get that down there? I, we don't. Is that a really was that a pukakoi thing? Yeah, we um we just have meat and um yeah A class drugs. Growing around here. Um, wrong podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, but no, just take it easy on the road. Uh, if you're staying for scrap the woolshed, you'll find there's enough. There'll already be guys there. 
the landowner has graciously cut a large pile of firewood for you guys. Um, so you can have a lovely campfire to sit around. Uh, you're under strict instructions not just to light the pile of wood on fire. Because <laughs> you'll run out. So make a fire and then use the wood. Don't light the pile of wood on fire. Um, yeah, but anyway, so you got, you know, because it gets a bit depressing when it's all dark, so the guys can sit around the campfire and um, talk about how good they are. And then, um, yeah, other than that, uh, nothing else really. Pretty straightforward. Excellent. All right. Anybody else? Anything else to add? Uh, I should have a um, stack of videos from the weekend coming out over the next quite a while because it's going to take me a while to catch up on them. But I've got videos from multiple shooters from every stage, so you should be able to see everything that happened on the on the shoot. Beautiful. Yeah. And that'll be, well, that'll be everywhere, but Section 22? Uh, yeah, they'll go out on Section 22 first, and then um, I'll put them up on YouTube so we can get some links out so everyone can see them. Beautiful. All right. Jeff? The gun rack. This is where I'm. I'm plugging all of you. Say, plugging us. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Um, was there a question, or were you just saying my name? Not really. No, no. I'm just yeah. saying good luck with your reloading. Have a good day Thank shooting. You. Yeah. yeah. Make talk sure to the gun rack if you also want rifles built with automotive torque wrenches. And do that for you. <laughs> okay. Hundred um, newton meters, wasn't it? Hundred newton meters. It was like two hundred thirty-nine or something. What did I say? I don't know. It was something daft. I, uh, you let us know. Nick. Uh, it's like 239 inch pounds. I, like, part of it. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, yeah that's okay. right. The gun's fine, Graham, I promise. Okay. Not for me, anyway. Stop, stop. Uh, Nick, uh, Sparrowhawk, uh, find out there. Graham, Taranaki, long range shooters. Shooting. Shooting? That's the page, isn't it? Yeah, the group is just the group that does the same thing. All my stuff's turning long range shooting. Yeah. No responsibility for the group anymore. That's no, I got in trouble from Facebook for the group tonight. Someone put prices for something in a comment. And anyway, normal stuff. Don't try and sell guns through oh. Facebook. Not like it's unclear at this point. Anyway, okay. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you to the folks listening in. Uh, yeah, Precision Shooter is my site. We've got courses coming up. You got any more courses coming up, Nick? Because people need to go to courses. Yeah, so um, the next month is the Level 2 course uh, yeah. for the Precision, Precision Rifle. Uh, and then we're looking at around the 10th of April for the next Level 1 course again. Um, other than that, we're yeah, down to next time I catch up, everyone's down in um, Vortex Mountain Challenge. Excellent. Mm. Well, we've got the, uh, well, we had a Tuesday tune-up. That's where I was on Tuesday, a couple of guys. So it's normally the last Tuesday of the month. So guys needing help getting their rifles set up. Um, and then at the beginning of January, March, I have a hunter weekend, basically. So like our precision rifle weekend, but focused on hunting and including a hunt. So guys come out, it's a weekend away, get a hunt in, we show you how to process the animal, but we also go through and show you how to make sure that rifle's set up and then trying to design some kind of like um, uh, walking um, mini safari, step, steel safari challenge sort of thing, you know walk and shoot a couple of targets as well. So those are all on Precision Shooter. 
Blair, when's your next turn to show? You must have another comp coming out sometime soon. Uh, we haven't set, haven't set the date yeah. because we've been um, just a bit busy with all the mat, all the centerfire matches. So uh, just fair enough. Want to pick a um, a good gap and squeeze a couple in. So probably be another month and a half, two months away yet, probably. Okay. So, well, you keep adding matches to the timetable. It might might end up filling up midweek slots. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening into this like whatever the pages you're listening on obviously that's one way of getting updates and then if you're on the podcast as well you're already subscribed to something so you're getting the updates so fantastic all right guys thank you very much we'll uh, talk to you all again next week good shooting see you later oh, yes Thanks for listening to the show. Please, if you enjoyed it, make sure you're subscribed either by your podcast app of choice or by heading on to precisionshooter.co.nz and subscribing. Even better, if you want, you can support us directly by joining up, which also gets you access to all the articles and members-only content not only on Precision Shooter, but also the bloke.co.nz. We have lots of shooting courses and setup days coming up, and if you visit precisionshooter.co.nz, you can find what's happening, check out the latest precision rifle-related products we have, and much, much more. Thanks again for listening in, and uh, until next time, have a good one.